Hey you, what's happening at work? What's keeping you up at night? What's causing you frustration or depleting your wellness at work? Talk to me and with me. This is Joyce Odinison, your host with the What's Happening at Work show, where we create solutions to work, live, and play well. Join me now for next episode. Send stop the noise. I'm live. Hello, hello, and welcome to Office Hours. This is Joyce Edison, and I want to welcome you here. I know, yes, I have been off for a while, but it is so nice to come back here and um, uh, excited, excited, excited to be here. And let me get us and um, get my video back on. Let me change that. So, yes, welcome here. Welcome here. Office Hours, Jason Edison. And it's absolutely lovely to see you, to be here with you. I, I'm imagining that I'm seeing you, okay? So don't laugh when I say I see you. I'm, I can see you in my mind's eye. <laughs> so it is a snowy day here in Winnipeg, Manitoba. We have so much snow. I was out my, I was out in snow up to my knees this morning because we have a, a summer house and I um, like a gazebo. And for those of you who uh, don't know what that is, it's like um, it's, it's like a like a summer house you have outside like a backyard uh, in your in your back. So we have a we have a deck and then there we have like a gazebo summer house out. It's only made of mesh, so you can't really be there in the winter. But I'm determined this year that I'm going to go and stand out there and drink a hot cup of tea. So I was shoveling the snow and my wrists started to hurt. But not the not the wrist, rather, my elbow, but it's the inside of my elbow. So I'm thinking maybe I'm not doing enough weights in there. So I'm going to be working out some of that later to build those muscle here because I was shoveling. I was out there for half an hour, um, creating a path from my back door to the gazebo. And it's nice. It's snowing, but it's still, it's, you know, it's winter. It's, it's real winter. You know, we have a lot. We got approximately a month's worth of snow in, um, in a couple of days. So we have a lot, a lot of snow and we are uh, working our way through it. And if you would like some, we would happily send you some. So please call us, let us know if you would like some snow and we can um, work on getting that to you. Anyway, um, I think my top is not showing up well and I'm trying to fix it online, you know. <sighs> Anyway, <laughs> so welcome here, Joyce Adelson. And our topic today is very, very interesting. So it's DI and well-being. And I wanted to give you the highlights because what happened was um, we did this Launch and Learn webinar for DI and wellness. And I brought in experts. I brought in my colleagues, Alex Ihama, Carrie Bird, Dr. Mamaduka, Mim Sen. And so we come with 
various skills, knowledge, expertise, background. And the goal for this program was to share what we saw were the missing links in DEI and well-being. So you see, what has happened is that over time, we've come to realize that many of the individuals who are encountering um, roadblocks that are diversity, equity, or inclusion related are still struggling. There are still a lot of issues going on and there is a lot of health issues that's going on with the additional stress. You see, what has happened is that when you encounter barriers and roadblocks that are due to diversity, inclusion, or equity, it does something to you on almost a cellular level. It reminds you that your person is not quite a person. It's not quite, you're not quite acceptable. You're not at the level of personhood to be included, to be accepted, to be tolerated, to be invited to the table when we talk about inclusion, because often what we see is diversity. People are checking up the box. So you can, you can come, you're of the right color, the right race, you're the right class. You can come, we'll, you, we can have you work here, but you cannot come to the table. Or, or decision-making. You can't make any decisions. Or if you're making decisions, it has to be on the down low. You make the decisions and then someone of the more appropriate stature will disseminate or will present your ideas as theirs because it will be more acceptable coming from someone else. You see, your group, your type, your people are not expected to have wisdom or to have insight or to have knowledge or expertise or to deliver or to be innovative. Really, it's not expected. And that's what we talk about a lot of the, the biases. A lot of the biases are unconscious biases, but some are not. Some are deliberate and some are actually pacifying. So when an organizational leader say to you, you know what, Joyce, this is such great work, but you know, if, if you present it, you won't get the attention, you won't get the, you won't have the, you don't have the influence and you won't get the results that Sarah could get if Sarah presented it as her work. Now, what do you do when you encounter that at work? What does that do to you as a person, Right. It diminishes you, right? It diminishes your personhood, your sense of who you are, your identity. It shrinks it. And you still have a choice to accept or, or not. And we can talk more about that. But the reality is you are facing this. You become, you, 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 you come face to face with it. And it now becomes your reality, something you have to deal with, something you have to address something you need to interpret, something that impacts you at that gut level, that cellular level. And you're like, this is who I am. I got this knowledge. I got this based on my life experiences. I do this work based on who I'm called to be. And when I'm told that who I'm called to be is not accepted or won't be given the accolades or the reward 
or the recognition that I feel I deserve, it affects me. It affects me at that cellular level. It affects my well-being. It affects my sense of who I am. It causes additional stress. It causes cortisol to rise up in my system and flow and adrenaline, and it causes anxiety. And if I keep encountering this often more than once and it becomes a pattern, then I'm going to be in, in a state of chronic stress. And that's going to wear away at my organs, at my immunity, and now I'm going to be come ill. So that is what we talk about when we look at the, the missing links, when we look at how those aspects of diversity, equity, and inclusion are not being addressed. We have to stop hiding and recognize that these are actually people's reality. People are living this every day where they go in and they're either not, they shouldn't know what they know or they don't know what they know. And, and, um, and even if they know what they know, we cannot publicize it because there might be backlash. There might be upset people. We might step on toes. It's very sad when professionals immigrate, come here through refugee status or whatever format bring them here and they have knowledge and wisdom and expertise and they have to shrink themselves in order to survive, in order to do the menial jobs that, that, that will only acknowledge them and their credentials. It does something to them. It reduces their person, their self of worth, their sense of worth and sense of value professionally. And one of the courses I teach is on professional self-esteem and really highlighting how important it is to develop that professional self-esteem. And when it's not there, the, the hunger, the, the craving, the self-loafing that can happen, the despondency that can become part of people's life and their everyday reality when those things are not there. So how important it is for us to ensure that those elements are there. People start feeling that they are valuable, they are worthwhile, their intelligence shouldn't be hidden under a bushel. You know, when I was a little kid, we used to have this song saying, hide it under a bushel. No, hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine, right? And we're told that you should showcase your brilliance. You should shine. You should share your knowledge and your expertise with others to make other people's lives better because all of us are serving a particular problem. So what problem are we serving? Are we solving? And we should let everybody know we're solving a problem because we don't know who exactly have that problem. We just know this is the problem we solve and we want to share with the world, I solve this problem. So those who have that problem will be attracted to us and come to us to get help to solve that problem. And when you're told that you cannot, you're not allowed to, you should not be solving that problem, Joyce, you you are uh, you're short. You shouldn't be. You have kinky hair. You shouldn't be able to solve that problem because of that. Or you're female, or you are uh, of the wrong orientation. 
to be able to solve that problem. And we need to stop looking at those things uh, around gender and, and telling people how wrong they are for what they've been called to do, to be able to participate, to be able to contribute, and to be able to do meaningful work, and to be pacified and patronized. Nobody, nobody wants that. And the stress of that, the frustration, it creates pessimism in people. It changes who, how they see their outlook on the world and put them in a place of negativity, which of course is unhealthy. And when you start living in those spaces, you start to attract diseases, ill health, uh, confusion. And, and we see more and more people who are facing those barriers are becoming ill, developing chronic illnesses, having challenges. I wanted to share some statistics with you because those are so important. And I think we need to we need to be sharing them more. We need to be talking about them more because when we don't, what happens is that people start believing that oh, this is just a myth. It's not really happening. Well, it does. It really does happen, and it is happening. So I want to share. Um, actually I am going to share the wrong, I'm sharing the wrong thing. Let me share this particular, um, piece with you so you can, uh, see it and, um, get a sense of, uh, on this video so you can see some of what we talked about and I had identified who the speakers were and given you an opportunity to see them. So let's go now and take a look at the video that we are sharing. All right. So if you see here in this video, we're going to be talking a little bit about the uh, the issues of DEI that are happening in the workplace. And if you take a look here, you will see some of the statistics that we talked about in that webinar that you missed. And we talk about diversity and equity statistics and really highlighting some of the key issues. Eight out of 10 Asian Americans say violence against them in the U.S. is rising and nearly half have experienced an incident tied to their racial or ethnic background since the pandemic began. So what we actually see is that the pandemic has taken things to the next level. So not only are people struggling with these things, the pandemic has actually uh, exacerbated it. So they are now facing more of those issues on a daily basis. They're now facing those issues continually and struggling to deal with them. So, so, so important. And um, thanks to my colleagues here for participating and in this dialogue. And I will share the link after where you can watch the full video of this. It's really going to give you an opportunity to see the full video of this presentation and to be able to learn from that. I'm not going to play the entire video because it really is something you have to watch. I've had several people watch it and have come back and tell me, wow, this was so amazing. I learned so much. So I want you to also go back there and learn it. So what I'm going to do is add the link to the chat right now, and you can go there and see it 
and get from it just like the others. So here is the video link for DEI and the missing link. And here is the video that you can watch and, um, and see that entire presentation on this website. Because when we talk about DEI and the missing link, we have to recognize that it's all people, all ages, all classes, all races, and uh, all genders, and uh, it's a reality. It's something that we all have to face in our life, and something that we all need to um, to listen and and to help with. So I'm very very excited about this and that the opportunity to share with you and remind you of the pieces. So not quite sure why my restream is not um, going to LinkedIn, but it's telling me that LinkedIn is read only. Not quite sure why. Um, I'll have to take a look here and I'll post this show after. So the other piece that I wanted to talk a, a little bit about here is the um, in 2021, women earn 82 cents for every dollar earned by men. And this gap widens with job level and age. So as we get old, we get less. Can you imagine? And of course, again, in 2020, 92.6% of the Fortune 500 CEOs were white. And a huge percentage of that is male. So we have to think about some of the diversity, um, gender, class, ethnicity, all the different pieces where we differentiate ourselves and how that's really impacting us. So something else to think about and something else to talk about and to make changes for, right? That's our job. Our job really is to create the changes. I see myself as a change agent, bringing those things to your awareness so you can do something about it. If all of us do a little, we can make a difference. It's when everybody waits for somebody else to do it and do something and deal with it, that's when we end up in trouble. The more we have... Um, we interact with others and we work at it together, the better situation is going to be. So it really gives us an opportunity to um, do the things that we need to do and to have the relationships that we need and to do the work that we need to. Because at the end of the day, that's what matters. That's really what matters is our ability to do this work and to help others. That's what makes the difference. So I just want to um, come back here and just share with you some of the key points that we also talk about. One of the things that uh, Carrie talked about was the importance of recognizing the employee's life cycle. Mim um, highlighted the gender equity pieces around uh, gender, women at work. Alex was looking at a lot of the um, racism issues. Dr. Carr was looking at the male perspective in work and some of the research that he did. So do, do go ahead and watch this video. Look at the link here. It's so important for us to do our part because that is how we're going to make changes. We can only make changes when we feel galvanized to do something. And so my job is to create awareness. My job is to galvanize it. My job is to raise those statistics, create those forums, give you the opportunity, give you the ammunition, and send you off to do something. 
The other statistic that we talk about is 75% of Canada's population growth comes from immigration. About six to in 10 are selected from their positive economic background. And what, if you, what that means is that Canada only in, um, invites immigrants of upper class in their society. So for instance, if you're from India or you're from the Caribbean or you're from any other part of the world and you're going to migrate to Canada, you say, I want to live in Canada, right? I enjoy the snow. Like I will show you some snow today. Everything outside is white. And, and you're saying, okay, I enjoy the snow and I want to live in Canada. You have to demonstrate that you can live in, you can afford to live in Canada. You have to demonstrate that you have an advanced level education or you that you have a trade that's required in Canada. So it's not just anybody who can come to Canada. You come to Canada with the right resources. You come to Canada with um, because you because you demonstrate that you can live in Canada. What they don't tell you, and that's one of the hidden things that you don't find out, is that your qualifications may not be recognized yet, and you might have to go back to school, and that might cause undue hardship for your family because you still need to take care of your family, especially if you have a young family. They don't tell you that people don't expect um, you are going to run into people who don't expect you to be smart, intelligent, brilliant, and that you will not live in a hut where you came from, right? Most people think that people who come from other parts of the world are were living in a slum and we had no education and we were not, um, we didn't have a good standard of living. And most of us who immigrate to Canada, our standard of living actually lowers when we come to Canada because we start from scratch. We have to leave our social network and everything we had to come to Canada. And Canada can only grow by immigration because our birth rate is so very low. And that is one of the reasons why immigration, uh, our government have to be very aggressive with immigration. And it's okay to bring the best and brightest. There's nobody saying that that's the wrong thing to do. What we're saying, acknowledge that. When people come on the ground, acknowledge that they actually give up a lot, their social network, all your cousins, your uncles, your aunties, your friends, your nenen, your godmother, your all of that social network, you're leaving that behind. There is no price on that. No price. You cannot pay for that to come to a country where you don't have that. And there's loneliness that comes with that. There's culture shock. So there's a lot of different things that happen. So that's, that's what that statistic uh, was um, talking to when we talk about 75% of Canada's population growth comes from immigration and about six in 10 are selected from their positive economic uh, impact. So people are selected because um, Canadian immigration does a good job to ensure that you're educated, you're, you can speak one of our national language, uh, you are either going to school or eligible to go back to school, or you have some professional certification or qualifications that's viable in Canada. So all of that work is done, but when you come here, it's some of the reality and recognizing that our, our population is only going to grow by immigration except all of us decide to start having like 10 children. That's the only way that can stop. And since our birth rate has been so low and consistently drops, we can only, so 75% of our immigration, our population, if we want to hire people, like having a small business, you need employees, right? And you need employees and most of the, your labor is going to come from immigrants. 75% uh, of our population replacement. We are 
dependent on immigration. So if you're in the workplace, you're a leader, uh, you're in HR, you need to start recognizing the realities of what we have and then recognizing the stresses that these individuals are going through transitioning their life, their career, their families to come to Canada to help us to stay in our population. I want immigrants. I have a small business. I have, I want employees. I want people to work with. We all want our community. We want Canada to be a viable nation. So we do want population, right? And that's important. So we have to remember that uh, in this stats when we're hiring and firing and dealing with the interpersonal issues. Because where this comes up and where we see, where I encounter them, is that most of them come into the workplace and they don't have the necessarily the understanding of the interpersonal skills or they see something or they do something and they're fired or they're penalized. And instead of being educated, they're being punished. And um, just this week, I was speaking to someone who's lived here for over 25, 30 years. This person went to university with me and called me to tell me about the challenges she was having and what she did in the workplace. The She called, <laughs> I was just like, you said what? And I'm like, not everybody who comes here avail themselves of the same opportunity or exposed to the same realities. And immigrants, some immigrants actually stay in their network and they lack exposure. So when they come into your workplace and they have interpersonal issues, educate them, educate them, ask them, you know what? Tell me what you were thinking when you said that. Tell me what did you expect to happen? It's a little bit out of character. Here is what would have been the appropriate thing to do. We're going to provide you with some interpersonal skills, interpersonal um, education on how to manage those challenging situations at work so you don't lash out because people have other stresses and they're not necessarily thinking right away of the consequences. So those are things I see and I encounter every day. And I think it's so important because that now mounts the stress for them and they're now out of work. They're being fired. They're trying to hustle there. So it creates more stress, more anxiety, more difficulty. And it's so important for those things to be addressed and to be understood how, what is truly inclusion? What does inclusion really mean? Inclusion means I'm going to help you to adapt to our society, to our culture, to understand the required behavior and interactions that is expected of you. And if you fall flat on your face, if you make a mistake, if you stumble or fumble, I will provide you with the resources and the structure to get back up and to continue maintaining your work and being viable in this economy because all of us will fail at some point in time. And that's what's important. So this was a big part of what we talked about. Uh, we talked about, I talked about some of the diversity conflicts as well. And uh, there was a stat that was from the UK. Uh, in the UK, 50% of Muslim households live in poverty compared with less than 20% of the overall population. And so because we focus on the global workplace wellness and we look at it from a global perspective, uh, there are things uh, about um, uh, people of other groups. So we talk about um, orientation, sexual orientation, and, and uh, being gay and all of those things 
are realities when you think about inclusion in your workplace and how you're going to ensure that you have inclusion and equity in your workplace. You have to start thinking differently, shifting the thinking so you can have the impact so people truly feel included. They truly feel that they're not aliens because in their mind, their behavior is correct because it's how they, they've trained themselves to behave. And I have worked with a lot of people from all cultures, and I know it doesn't matter where you were born and where you live, all of us need a little help to improve our interpersonal skills. And let us do so with the people that were included, especially their visible minority. Um, let's do so in a meaningful way, in an impactful way that will help to reduce their stress level and help them to truly feel included, valued as employees. You know, one of my client organizations is very, very inclusive and they have a wide range of employees. And one of the things that we do for them is we take those employees who who fumble and, you know, interpersonally and say things and mouth off and, and really just bring them in and create a safe place and give them that opportunity to practice new ways of dealing with uh, challenges in the workplace, interpersonally, what to say, how to respond. It's it's just the way of the world. That's what we need to do. You know what these employees tell me? Oh my goodness, I didn't know my employer cared about my well-being. I didn't know they cared about me that much. If they are so care if they're so caring about my well-being and my success then i am going to be committed to that organization it changes the way i feel about that organization that is the results that i've heard and i've been doing this work for 24 years let me tell you if you truly want to be inclusive you will invest in your employees and give them the tools so that they can be successful and they can be included reduce the stress reduce the anxiety create openness and learning so that everyone at work can thrive as much as they desire. This is Joyce Adelson and this is Office Hours and I'm so grateful that you tune in for the Global Workplace Wellness Summit and and we will go from there. So if you have any connection issues, I I will continue to share highlights. Or talk and all the different things. You've been listening to What's Happening at Work. This is Joyce Edison, your host, and I want to thank you for being with us. Thank our guests and our sponsors, Interpersonal Wellness Services, Inc., the Global Workplace Wellness Summit, and of course, the Wellness Competency Mindset Movement. And if you want to hear from us, learn more or get more episodes, join us at interpersonalwellness.com, where we help you to work, live, and play well. 
Bye now, and we'll see you for another episode.